As I'm sitting here right now recording and speaking with you, I'm looking outside my window and I'm seeing that it's about to rain. There's clouds that are really, really, really dark. And so probably even in the period of this podcast, we might have some rain. But I guess as even looking outside this window and seeing the rain, it reminded me of one of my cousins uh, right now. He's serving in Chad overseas in Chad and he's serving uh, doing some doctoral work and just helping out. Uh, the people in the community where he's at, and he's doing missions over there. And he recently sent a video to the rest of the cousins of it raining over there in Chad where he's at. And it was really cool. I was able just to see his village where he's at and the children just running around and it's just downpouring. But the children just running around, just having a blast as it was raining. And it's interesting because as he sent that video recently, we had a big rain over here as well and i was able to send a video back to him of the big rain and i was with my family for the fourth of july weekend and we were kind of stuck in the rain trying to run inside the house and i took a video from the window looking out on some of my family members running into the house and so i sent that to him and it just made me think uh, as he shared that video about the rain and as i'm looking out right now that we as people, we go through so much stuff that is so very similar. Even just normal living, there's so many things that each and every one of us do. You know, whether it be breathing, whether it be eating, whether it be having a anxious thought, or whether having a dream, or having um, some type of discouraging words spoken against us, or maybe it is just experiencing the rain. Maybe it's just feeling love or longing for love. So many of us, we go through each of our days so very different, but yet at the end of the day, there's so many things that just make us human that we can all relate to. And even just looking out and seeing this cloud, I'm just thinking, you know what? Rain is rain. And, and no matter where you're at on this planet, no matter what you believe, no matter what you've gone through or will go through, that we can at least come together and say, you know what? You know what rain is. I know what rain is. And that just blows my mind. As a follower of Christ, I have a opportunity and a privilege just to be able to be someone who loves Jesus, but at the same time is honest about his own insecurities, flaws, worries, doubts, confusions, anxieties, you know, just to be able to have a heart to heart with you, no matter what your exposure to Christians or Christianity or the church is. One of my hopes is that I'm speaking to someone who feels pushed away, but yet they will be able for even a little moment of time to know, you know what, I have worth and value that goes far beyond what other people say about me, even when I say about myself. But at the end of the day, we have a creator, savior, sustainer who loves me and cares for me and has a plan and purpose for my life. As Jonah says, it goes far beyond anything this world can offer. And even if it's just for a sliver of, of, of time that we have together, my heart and prayer is that those people who feel that way will be able to have a moment and a glimmer of hope, not in me or in my you know, ability to speak or lack of ability to speak or my ability to put together a podcast or my lack of ability to put in a podcast, but I, my hope and prayer is that they walk away experiencing that, look, okay, our creator, savior, and sustainer isn't this abstract concept but he's a personal God who is completely involved and completely concerned about our everyday life and our everyday experience. And he has a desire for us that goes far beyond any desire that we can have for one another 
or that somebody else can have about us. Recently, I was talking with one of my buddies and he shared with me something that he shared before, but it just kind of hit me in a different way. But he was sharing that one of his friends, uh, I guess, knows me, uh, knows the podcast and everything. And he was trying to encourage this specific friend by saying, hey, you know, you should check out, you know, the podcast or you should, you know, talk to Jonah, um, hit him up, you know, message him, whatever. And the friend replied back like, yeah, you know, like I know Jonah's solid. I know he loves Jesus, but I just don't think that like I, you know, I am where he's at in his pursuit of Jesus or, you know, I don't feel like basically I don't feel like I'm good enough um, as Jonah, you know, <laughs> to be able to obtain what it is that he's talking about. And I, I, I got shared that recently. And I mean, it just blows my mind every time I hear something like that, because I, my, my heart in doing these episodes is not to look good. is not to just appear as if I got it all together because that's a bald faced lie. I don't have it together. They say you preach the loudest what you need to hear the most. And at the end of the day, my life revolves around the reality that I need Jesus, that I can't do this on my own, that I don't want pride. I don't want arrogance. I don't want ego. I don't just want pomp because at the end of the day, we're going to die. I'm going to rot in a grave. My body is going to rot. And if all that I'm living for or all that I'm pursuing is just for people to think highly of me, then it's vanity. It's, it's worthless. It's meaningless. And so that is the complete opposite of what I want to spend my time and energy on. And so it's not that I have everything all together. Far from it. The reason why, for instance, right now I'm holding my journal, you know, and right outside, I, right here, I got the Bible open up. The reason why I journal and read the Bible isn't because I got it all together and I want to make sure that you know that I have it all together. I, I, I journal and I read the Bible because at the end of the day, like I don't have it all together, but yet I'm seeking the one who does. And I want to lean into, again, our creator, savior, sustainer on his terms in order to know what his will and desired plan for my life and for us is. I don't want to miss the big picture. I don't want to miss the forest for the trees. I often think of what people must have thought of the early church, what they must have thought of Paul and Peter and James and John and Matthew. You know, like here are these people that walked and talked with Jesus and then all of a sudden Jesus gives himself over to be crucified. Three days later, he raises from the dead and the tomb is empty. And now Jesus tells them, hey, go into the world and tell them about me and make disciples and baptize them in my name. And then also now you have the early church, you have, you know, Paul and Peter, and you see in the scripture all the crazy, awesome things that they did. But sometimes I, I wonder what were people's perspective of the early church? Did they think of Paul as like, oh my gosh, there is Paul. Ooh, you know, I got to get a fan. This guy has it all together. You know, there's Paul, you know, like he's the one that, you know, we can always count on. If only I could be like Paul, you know, oh, my life would be great. You know, I, I wonder if that's what people thought or if the early church, the early disciples walked in a manner that didn't hide their weaknesses, but instead their weaknesses were on full display and they weren't going around boasting about the fact that like, oh, I have it all together. But it, they were just boasting about the reality that they are nothing and Christ is everything. I almost, almost wonder if the disciples had a mindset like John the Baptist, 
when he said in the scripture, he said, you look, I must decrease and Christ, he must increase. I wonder if that's what it is. What I do know is that people definitely respected the early church. They respected Peter and Paul and the apostles and John. And, you know, when they wrote to churches, it had authority. It wasn't just like mindless words. Now, some people didn't receive the word well. <laughs> some people, when Paul spoke, they just, you know, started saying things about him or attacking him or, or saying that he's crazy and that he's lost it. But at the end of the day, there was a respect there. And I'm thinking about 2 Corinthians 11.30 or 11.29. It says this, Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is led into sin and I don't burn with grief? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has, who is forever worthy of praise, knows that I am not lying. First Corinthians two three, Paul says, "Look, I came to you in weakness and fear, and with much trembling. <laughs> weakness and fear, and and I'm no different. <laughs> I'm no different. So even though I'm able to do this podcast, even though I'm able to talk about the Bible and and Scripture verses, I'm no different than you." I have moments of weakness. I have moments where I am not living out the truths that I know the scripture attests to and what my Savior calls me to live by. I have times that I am a living contradiction to the word of God in specific situations. I have time where I let anger and frustration get the best of me. And I say things or do things that were totally stupid and just completely, again, against the character of my God. I have times where I completely mess up and I have a heart of lust and I have a, a heart of idolatry and I'm just not, not reflecting my savior. I'm not reflecting the one who bled and died for me. I have times where I'm ministering and it's not out of a heart of selflessness, but it's a heart of selfishness. And it's a just, it's just a, a, a bad, a bad scenario situation. And there's times where people notice it and they maybe call me out. And there's also times where people don't notice it and they completely think that everything's like, man, this guy, like, man, he's so selfless. He's so cool. He's so obedient. And in reality, I'm not. And and I'll, I'll completely own up to that. And the hope of me owning up to that is, again, for you not to place your, you know, view of me on a pedestal. But instead to say, look, if there's anything good in me, it's my Savior. It's our God. He is so capable of doing so much within us. And he's the God of redemption. He takes broken messes and he makes them beautiful. And my life is an example of that. I know, though, that as a follower of Christ, I don't want to stay in those moments. And so, again, that's where repentance comes in. And that's why, you know, on this podcast, on you know, even if you know me personally, you know that I'm always talking about weaknesses. I'm always talking about, you know, you know what, God, like, be strong in me when I am weak. Be strong in us when we are weak. You know, like, there's always a heart within me for humility, even in the moments where it's not there. So if somebody walks away from this podcast having a lot of really cool information and this idea that, wow, you know, Jonah's so awesome. You know, I wish I could have a walk with Jesus like that. If somebody walks away from this podcast with only that, then I have failed. And, and, and if that's the whole purpose of this podcast, if that's the whole purpose of my life, 
then there's no reason to live. There's no reason to do this podcast. It's just taking up space. There are so many people that are so filled with themselves in today's day and age or, you know, since you know, the the fall of man. There's so much opportunities to be so full of yourself and prideful and value chasing and, you know, clout chasing. There's so many opportunities of that. And if that's what people are craving and wanting, fine, go find that with somebody else. But I don't want to be one of those. But if somebody walks away from this podcast saying, you know what, Jesus is real and Jesus is just as attainable as what was just communicated in that podcast and that I can have a true relationship with Jesus. And that comes through surrender and through humility and comes through approaching him on his terms through the word of God. If somebody walks away with that, then yes, praise the Lord. That is the reason why I take time every week to record and edit and, and post this podcast. That's the reason why I take every day and say, okay, God, use me, use me, use me within the jobs that I have, use me within the relationships that I have. You know, at the end of the day, it comes down to, if Jesus is who he says he is, then we need to live our lives as a reflection of what he has done and also how much he loves us. <laughs> so I'm not coming to you today or any other day with that heart of pride or arrogance or ego or boastfulness like, hidden under the guise of you know humility. That's not what I'm coming up. Seriously, honestly, just trying to be as vulnerable with you as possible. I am a work in progress. I'm a little kid trying to figure this out, and I will be until the day that I die. And so I was just thinking about, okay, what what do we talk about this week? What do what can I talk about to those that are maybe just feeling like you know, man, I just feel like everybody has it but me. Or those who are saying like, look, I just I just want to just have a heart-to-heart with somebody and not be shallow. Honestly, I was just thinking about what to talk about, and I look at the beginning of my journal, and every, every so often, um, I try to journal daily. It doesn't always happen, <laughs> um, but every so often, I have to get another journal and then, you know, continue journaling. But this time, I'm almost done with this journal that I have. And I've had this specific journal since March. And so it was like right around the time that everything with the COVID pandemic started happening and the lockdowns and the shutdowns and a lot of different things that are happening. So this journal is going to be a very special one um, within my collection. But this is going to be a very special one because this is kind of like, okay, Lord, what were you teaching me through this crazy time that we currently, as of recording this, are still going through um, but as of, you know, recording this podcast, I'm, I'm pretty much done with all the empty space in this journal. So, you know, this is about to be closed and closed for good. But I was just looking in the beginning, what I try to do every time I do a journal, I try to have uh, little quotes, little things that have stood out to me within the period of writing that specific journal. Um, and so I just flip open to the very first page and I can just read some of the kind of highlights of the journal of different things of like the Lord just really um, just kind of hit my heart in a in a powerful way. And so I just wanted to read some of these to you. Again, this isn't to make me look good or to make me sound good or anything like that. I'm just trying to be transparent with you and encourage you no matter where you're at, whether you have a relationship with Jesus or you don't, every breath is a chance to respond to our God. And so I just want to use that breath that God has given me and say, hey, this is some of the stuff that I'm still currently responding to and some things that I've responded to previously within this season since March. So if I could just pray for you before we do that, it would be an honor. 
and for us just to come to the Lord together and say, Lord, just open up my heart to your truths. Help me respond to you. Um, so here, let's pray. And again, thank you so much for being a part of this episode today. All right, Lord God, just thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you that it's not about our own strength. It's not about our own ability. It's not about our own knowledge. It's not about us, Lord. It is all about you. And so Jesus, please empty me of myself. Lord, especially now as I'm talking and as, as, as I'm recording this podcast, Lord, just help there not be any pride or selfishness or just anything, Lord, that would prevent someone from seeing you and you alone. Lord, I pray that somebody doesn't walk away just thinking better about me, but that they walk away thinking better about you because, Lord, you are worthy. You are good. Everything in my life, Lord, I can attribute back to you. And I pray that those that are listening or watching this has the exact same recollection and, and just powerful moment of just saying, you know what? Anything good in me is of you, Lord. And so, God, we give this to you. Jesus, just thank you for everything you're doing. And Spirit, just lead us. We need you. In your name we pray and we surrender, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so the first thing on uh, this specific uh, season of journals uh, that I wrote was this quote. Reckless abandon is not reckless when you know the value of what you must abandon compared to what you gain. Reckless abandon is not reckless when you know the value of what you abandon compared to what you gain. I believe that this comes from uh, a thought that I was having within this season of just the whole move from South Carolina to Michigan. And within that period, I remember that there was so many moments of just me being like, I don't know if what I'm giving up here in South Carolina is, is worth giving up compared to what I'm going to get in Michigan. And when I mean get, I don't mean monetary things because <laughs> I honestly, I didn't know what awaited me in Michigan. Anybody who knows my story knows that for about three years when I was in college, I felt Lord putting a burden on my heart for the state of Michigan. You know, I feel the Lord leading me somewhere, but I can't necessarily put my finger on it and be like, yep, I know for sure. You know, it's not like somebody told me to do something or gave me evidence of something. It's just all going by the gut basically. And it's just like, man, is, is that, is that right? Like, am, am I just trying to like move up to Michigan because I want to secretly, you know, there's all these questions that come with being obedient to the Holy Spirit. But in this season specifically, I was just looking back on what's coming up to be four years of being up here in Michigan. And just think about that whole idea of obedience. Recently, I had a moment where I just drove to the nearby, I guess, lake around here. So I'm in the Detroit area. So there's a lake called Lake St. Clair. So I drove to a place called New Baltimore, uh, which is also my zip code, I guess, technically. But I drove to the lake and I was sitting out there and I was just having a moment where I was just kind of like talking with the Lord and I had my journal out and I had my Bible out. I was just trying to spend some time. I just felt very overwhelmed trying to get away. And I looked back over on the lake and I was just overwhelmed with like just the awe that like I never knew this lake existed like four years ago. I had no idea this lake existed. But Lord, you knew when you were calling me up to Michigan, everything I would go through up here in Michigan. And you would also know that I would be sitting out here by this lake and I would be having this moment of just reflection on what you can do. And I, I would not have traded any of this for anything. 
There was once upon a time I was there in South Carolina trying to weigh the cost and the cost didn't look like they were weighed pretty well. It looked like I had more in South Carolina than what I had here. But at the end of the day, it's not about having more or anything like that. It's about being obedient. And so this season, I've been thinking a lot about the whole idea of obedience. And even within that, I've seen within my life that when I'm obedient to the Lord and when I'm saying, okay, God, even though I'm, I may not feel as if I want to be obedient in, in, in my purity or just in my obedience in general, Lord, I don't feel like I want to, but I'm going to do it because I know it's the right thing to do. And I know at the end of the day, Lord, that that will grow the intimacy between me and you and not hinder it. Every single time, and literally every single time I'm obedient, even though it's painful in the moment, there really is a blessing that comes out of it. I mean, like literally like a blessing within my soul of just feeling that closeness, feeling that peace, feeling that just I don't know, that warmth of just being, you know, just being in that close, intimate, um, just relationship with with the Lord in that moment of almost like the Lord's just hugging me and being like, I love you. Like, I got you. I care about you. Like, I, I you matter to me, you know? Like, but in the moments of compromise, like, those are the moments that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this sin totally over-promised and under-delivered. And it totally wasn't worth it because now I'm feeling I'm feeling distant from you, God. Even though I'm, I know like that there's nothing that could take away your love from me. Like it's not based on my own works. Like it's totally based on your Son. When you look at me, you don't see my sin. You see Jesus. You see your Son through me. I, I know all of that, but it's again, it's the it's the intimacy between us and our Creator when we sin that is hindered. And so, yeah, just writing that quote, reckless abandon is not reckless when you know the value of what you abandon compared to what you gain. Jesus gave a parable in the Bible about the, the, the person that was out in the field and he discovered treasure in the field. And so he goes back home and he sells everything he has in order to obtain this field. And to people around him, they probably thought that, man, this guy is crazy. He's reckless. Like he's given up some awesome things in order to have this field. But then again, they didn't know the value of the field. He did though. And he knew everything he was giving up was nothing compared to what he was gaining. And so that's where that quote comes from. Reckless abandon is not reckless when you know the value of what you abandon compared to what you gain. And underneath it, I wrote this. I said, obedience is always worth it. Recently within the season, I was listening to one of my favorite songs. I feel like every podcast I mention one of my favorite songs, and I really do have a lot of favorites, but this is truly one of my favorite songs. It's by an artist. She goes by the name Plum, and she has a song off of her second uh, full-length album. It's called Candy Coated Water Drops, and it, the song, the name of it is Drug Store Jesus. Drugstore, one word, Jesus. Drugstore Jesus, one of my favorite songs. And in the song, she's giving a, a description of someone who just appears as if they have it all together. And people look at them as if they are Jesus. You know, they are drawn to this person. You know, they, they speak with elegant words and they, they do amazing things. But at the end of the day, that is just like a drugstore version of Jesus because they're taking credit for something that they can't take credit for. And so it's one of my favorite songs. Again, I'm nerding out and geeking out. But recently in this season, I was just looking up to try to see if I could find like an interview uh, with Plum as she was talking about this song back when it was released back in the late 90s. 
and I was looking up Drugstore Jesus, and I was looking on YouTube or every, everything. I was looking for interviews around the time the album was written, and uh, just like, hey, you know, tell me a little bit more about this song. So I found myself on Amazon, and I looked up Drugstore Jesus. To <laughs> I don't know why, but I found this book, and I'm holding it up right here. Um, but again, it's by the man Bert Koppel, and I found out, again, if I'm butchering your name, bro, I am so sorry. Um, but I found out that this man lives and pastors in this nearby area of Metro Detroit. And I even looked on Facebook and like we had mutual friends and I was just like geeking out. I was like, oh my gosh, you know. Anyway, um, I didn't find that out until after I bought his book. I, for some reason, the book was super cheap on Amazon when I bought it. And I reached out to him and he was just like blown away that I found a copy um, and yeah, I found a copy for really, really cheap. And basically this book is a summary of his journals around the time that not only he came to know Jesus, but he was also a military chaplain. And it's the process of the Lord calling him into that chaplaincy and all the transformation that the Lord was doing within his heart. And it's just him being honest and vulnerable through his, <laughs> through his journals and I mean, this totally resonated with me because like I shared, like I journal, like I journal all the time. And I know that so often through my journals, the Lord just like, just reminds me so much of himself and his character and his goodness and his faithfulness. So I saw this book and it was really cheap and it had the same name as the song that I was like, you know, really blessed by. And so I was like, okay, so I bought it and I started reading it and it's just powerful. I'm still going through it. Um, again, I, I've been able to uh, get to know Bert a little bit through social media, and uh, it just blows my mind. Like It was just so cool um, that he was in the area. But anyway, one of the things that I have at the beginning of this specific journal is a quote by him, and this is what he says. He says this, the miracle doesn't happen in the altar or through the altar. The altar simply makes the sacrifice accessible. We are walking altars for God. I'm going to read that again. The miracle doesn't happen in the altar or through the altar. The altar simply makes the sacrifice accessible. We are walking altars for God. The miracle is not in us. I am not the miracle. I am not the savior that you're looking for. I think about Star Wars um, where they say like, you know, this is not the droid that you were looking for. You know, when they when they thought like, okay, this is this is who I was looking for. But then they're like, no, this isn't the droid that you were looking for. Like, you know, you still are looking for someone else and it's not me. And it's the same thing with our lives. Like you and me, we are crying out for our creator, savior and sustainer. And we're not going to find that in one another. We're not going to find that even in people that are like awesome. But we're going to find that in him and him alone through his word and through surrender to Jesus. And so, yeah, uh, that, that quote has really meant a lot to me in this season. Another quote that I wrote down here is a quote by a man named Phil Weischer, and he's the creator of VeggieTales. It's a, a children's animated program that shares biblical truths. And I found this quote actually in an interview that he gave on a, uh, on a documentary called Holy Ghost. And I, I've seen this documentary before, but recently they had a sale on the DVDs and the DVDs had a lot more of the interview footage and everything. Um, so I bought the DVDs and I was recently going through this DVD around the time that I had COVID during the season. So I was just kind of like, you know, trapped, trapped in my bed, really like just feel, feeling like physically exhausted. And I was like, man, I'm just going to like watch some of these DVDs. And so I put in one of the extra disc on this DVD 
And he says this, he says, it's not about impact, it's about obedience. Again, it's not about impact, it's about obedience. And this quote specifically, the context of it, he was saying, look, if there's one thing that I can go back and tell myself, the, the young Phil, that what I would tell myself is that, look, don't be so concerned about, you know, how many people you reach or how like big of a splash, whatever the Lord calls you to do, you know, causes. Don't think about any of that, but just think about the obedience. You know, he, he's like, I wish I could go back and tell myself, look, you know, don't worry about what's going to happen by you doing X, Y, and Z. Just think about, okay, am I being obedient or am I not to the spirit of God? Am I not being obedient to God or am I being obedient to God through his word? You know, so again, it's not about impact, it's about obedience. And so that's something that I'm still walking out. I'm still learning. Like I'm trying to remind myself, look, Jonah, don't worry about how many people listen to this podcast or watch this podcast or how far it goes. Leave that up to the Lord. The Lord can do that. Just be obedient. Use the gifts that God has given you in order to do what it is that he wants to do. It's simple. You know, like sometimes I think we need to boil it down to children's terms of like, look, like, you know, it's not as complicated as we make it. Just be obedient to daddy, you know? Anyway, recently I read a book by a man named Chad Johnson, who used to be the former A&R guy of Tooth & Nail Records um, there in Portland, Oregon. And Tooth & Nail Records, if anybody knows Tooth & Nail, they, they've given rise to many awesome bands such as Amber Lynn, um, Under Oath uh, had connections with Tooth & Nail Records. But anyway, so Chad Johnson, he was writing in his book and he was saying, look, there's, there's a time where the Lord called him to step away from being an A&R guy within the music world and just to simply be obedient. And his book, 1,000 Risk, I recently read the book, and this is a quote that he quoted his own personal pastor of something that was stood out to him and is something that also stood out to me. And this is what Raymond C. Ortland Jr. from Manual Church in Nashville, Tennessee, he said this, Christianity is not you being amazing, but you being amazed. Again, Christianity is not you being amazing, but you being amazed. Again, <laughs> it's not about me looking good. It's not about people thinking highly of me, but it's about pointing to the one who truly is amazing, and it's Jesus. I don't want to fall trapped to what I see so often that both people who claim Christ and people who don't claim Christ fall trapped to, and it's just vanity. It's just vanity, you know, like just, you know, living life like, you know, having a good image on social media or, you know, coming across in a, in a positive light in their community or, you know, appearing as if everything's together and they don't need any help. Like, you know, having that American dream. Like, I don't want to fall trapped to that. Like, again, Christianity is not you being amazing, but you being amazed. Because at the end of the day, if I'm amazed by Jesus, then my life is going to start to reflect him more and more and more. But if I am not being amazed by Jesus, but I'm just trying to, you know, say that I'm a follower of Jesus just for people to be amazed at me, then that is dangerous and that is fake and shallow. And that is the last thing that this world needs. That's the last thing this world needs. This world has enough fakeness and shallowness and I don't want to be a part of that. So Christianity is not you being amazing, but you being amazed by Raymond C. Ortland Jr., pastor of Emmanuel Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Another quote that I wrote here is a, a man named Ray Ruffin Jr. He's a, one of my, I guess, good friends and, and fellow pastor here within this area of Metro Detroit, someone that I've totally uh, just been blessed by meeting in person and spending time with. And, and I'm friends with him on social media. And he, and he put out this quote. He says this, if you have to dim your light to fit in, 
that room is too small for you. If you have to dim your light to fit in, that room is too small for you. I'm so grateful for that quote that Ray put, and it's so true. It's so true. There's so many times that I feel like I have to like calm down talking about Jesus or that I have to, you know, I don't know, just morph my personality in order to fit certain situations or uh, contexts of people in order for them not to be scared or, or to think bad of me or whatever. I don't know. And even moving up here to Michigan, there is this, I remember having a conversation with someone who I, I really love and respect. Even this day, I love and respect them. But they were saying, you know, Jonah, when you move to Michigan, you can't really be all like, you know, talking about Jesus all the time. Like, you know, you like, yeah, I got to kind of calm that down a little bit. You don't want to spook anybody or anything. And and I, I get where they're coming from, you know, like there's wisdom in approaching situations and people with saying, okay, Lord, give me the right, you know, you know, like perspective and attitude and Lord, help me um, not just come in guns blazing. Like, Lord, just give me, help me be obedient to you and give me wisdom in, in this situation. There's totally power in that. But just by default to do something in order to hopefully avoid something like that's, that's silly. You know, if you have to dim your light to fit in, the light that God has given you, that passion that he's given you for him, himself, and his word, if you have to be somebody that you're not in order to fit in somewhere, then that room is too small for you. Like, it's stupid. We shouldn't have to change who we are in order to be around somebody, you know? Like, it shouldn't be that case. Now, we should have a spirit of humility to say, okay, God, like help me learn from these people. Help me learn from this situation. But at the end of the day, like we 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 can't just dim the light that God has given us, that joy, that passion, that compassion, that empathy, that love, that grace, that boldness. We, we shouldn't have to dim that just to fit in somewhere. So again, I appreciate Ray Ruffin Jr. from that quote. Another thing that I wrote down here is not even a quote, but it's a, uh, a passage of scripture, but it's 1 Peter 1.12. But instead of just reading 1 Peter 1.12, I wanted to read it in a little context. And this is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. This is what he says. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, through your, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Verse 8, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Verse 10, this salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this glorious salvation prepared for you. Uh, you know, and you know, that goes back to the Old Testament, the, the prophets of the Old Testament. Verse 11, they wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. Verse 12, and this is what I wrote down. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preach in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. So yeah, that's why I wrote down. I said, it is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly, eagerly watching these things happen. <laughs> and, you know, Peter is making that parallel. He's saying, look, what you are going through right now, 
like experiencing that freedom and salvation that Jesus offered, like the, the prophets of the Old Testament longed for that day that God would make right what only he can make right from what they have made wrong. You know, God, I can't even imagine the heavenly perspective right now of, of you just watching what's going on. And, and you are so much more present than we may feel in this chaos and confusion. Another thing I wrote down right underneath this, I said, you, O Lord, are the God of mundane moments. I find myself so often, especially when you live alone, there's so many just mundane moments. So many moments of me just sitting here. The phone's not going off. Nobody's talking to me on social media. You know, nobody's texting. I'm just looking out my window. I'm seeing a, a sunrise or a sunset. I'm seeing people walk by, cars drive by. And, and God is just as powerful and strong and mighty in those moments as he is when I'm worshiping the Lord. I'm feeling a intimacy in, 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 his, in his presence. And, and maybe there's like something that I heard or a verse that was shared that just really hit my heart. And, you know, I'm responding in, in, in just a genuine way. God is just as powerful in the mundane moments as he is in the moments where it's so easy be like man that was a good moment you know so I just wrote down that you oh lord are the god of mundane moments I don't want to fall into the trap that I feel like we as humans can easily fall into especially in just this this just this world that we live in that has all these different stimuluses all around us demanding our attention whether it be the phones or whether it be the computers technology alarms whatever you know like I don't want to get so trapped by thinking like I have to constantly have stimuluses around me in order for me to be alive no, God, you are a God of the mundane moments just as much as you are in the in the grind of things. And so, yeah, you, oh Lord, are the God of mundane moments. Another thing I wrote down, I said, when you called me to ministry, you saw all of this. And so another reminder of like, Lord, wow, you know, like when you call us to something, in the moment, we may not think it's worth it or whatever. We may not see what you see, but like we just have to trust that God, you have it all planned out, even in the moments that we just feel like, man, God, are you sure that this didn't even surprise you through a global pandemic or through just the just the injustice that we're experiencing as a globe, as a nation, you know, like this doesn't surprise our God and he has a plan and purpose through it for good and growth. Um, that's another thing. I, I didn't write this down, but I need to write this down. Um, just recently, I had a moment where I just felt so overwhelmed. I felt so overwhelmed. I felt I felt like a a, a relationship in my life was just kind of just like I, I, I did something to mess it up. Um, you know, I just felt like, man, golly, like, do I have some issue that I don't know about that is like causing some of these like reoccurring patterns that I feel like sometimes happens within relationships? And uh, even recently, I wrote down this. I said, everything we go through, you will bring good and growth out of it. And, and that was just something I was just thinking about the Lord. Like, Lord, everything I go through, I, I know in the moment that, man, I don't know how you're going to do something in this because I just feel like I botched it up so bad or that this situation is botched up too bad. But then I, I just had a moment recently. I got down on my knees. I said, you know what, Lord, you want to grow me and you want to produce a good out of this. And so, Lord, I just need to trust you in the process and not try to force things to happen the way that I think it should happen or that I want it to happen. But God, here's an example for growth and here's an example for you to bring good out of it. So, Lord, even in this painful, you know, what it feels like plowing process sometimes of different things that we go through that, yeah, the the, the color and the chaos is that, Lord, you will bring a good and you will bring a growth. Um, so that was that was a little extra bonus. I haven't wrote that down down here yet. But so the last thing I have written down here was actually uh, for an excerpt from one of the podcasts that I was able to do. Episode 73. I had one of my good friends, Ken Neither. 
on the podcast and episode 73. And he said this, he said, you can be in the will of God and be frustrated. Just a simple quote. You can be in the will of God and still be frustrated. <laughs> and uh, that was something that stood out to me recently, especially in light of all the changes of everything uh, within and without and outside, you know, you can be in the will of God and be frustrated. So in saying that, my heart in these podcasts is that you know that you are not alone. And regardless of, of maybe the different people that you've met that have not truly reflected Jesus or have not truly loved like Jesus or have not truly lived out, <laughs> lived out what it means to be a follower of Jesus, no matter what you've experienced, that you know that there are people that truly want to be more like him and that want to reflect him with their life through their words and through their actions, that you are not alone. And, and also for you to know that you have a creator, savior, and sustainer that is accessible and he is ready and willing to save. He is mighty to save. No matter how stuck you may feel today, it's just a breath away. Surrender is just a breath away. And, and you can have that moment. You can have that moment. All it takes is just crying out and say, Jesus, I'm here. Please, please pray. Ask God, beg God. Say, God, I just want to experience you. Lord, show me what I, what I have in my life that is preventing me from having that intimacy and close relationship with you. And Lord, just take it away. Lord, help me just be fully yours. Help me come to your word and not just come to your word out of chore, but come at, to your word out of desperation and out of just this, this desire to know you more. And at the end of the day, Lord, give me a boldness to tell others about you. Because at the end of the day, if they don't know you, then it's worthless. It's all worthless. All of this life, all of this life, it'll just rot. And to be fully alive is to know Jesus. That's my heart, guys. I pray if you see anything good in me that you know, you know that it's, it's, it's the same Lord that could do a powerful work within you. And so, hey, I just want to pray for you real quick as we close. And again, I want to thank you for being a part of this podcast. If this has blessed you, feel free to share it with somebody. Again, not to boost me up or anything like that, but just use this as an instrument, Lord. Use this. <laughs> meet, meet those listening or watching us where they're at. Let them know that you're real. So here, let me just pray for you as we close. Lord God, just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are real. Thank you that at the end of the day, it doesn't depend on us that you are God and you are powerful and you and you alone can save. You can save. God, we are just instruments. We are just instruments. And Lord, we want to be more in tune to your symphony, what you want to do with us. So Lord, give us a passion for your word. Give us a compassion for other people and give us a passion for you. Lord, help us not just settle for the lies that take away that intimacy that we can have with you through obedience and through surrender. Lord, thank you that your love for us doesn't depend on what we do, but it depends on who you are. And Lord, your word says that God is love. You are love, God. And so Lord, help us come to you on your terms. Help us accept your love through Jesus. And Lord, thank you for your spirit that, that, that is awakened within us, that is placed within us as we surrender ourselves. And that spirit doesn't leave us. It doesn't flee. But Lord, we can grieve the spirit through sin. So Lord, help us not sin against you and against your people, God. Help us not sin against you, Lord. 
but help us truly know the ways that you have planned for us through your word and help us have just the ability and the strength to live it out, even when it's difficult, even when it's rough, even when we can't see if that obedience is worth it. Lord, at the end of the day, it is, and you model it so well. So help us know you more. We need you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender and we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for being the anchor in this life that we long and crave for. We need you, Jesus. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I look forward to Lord willing talking to you next week. I'll talk to you later. See ya.